0: Welcome to the podcast for Conduit Church. We are a community of Christ followers in the Nashville area. If you would like more information about what Conduits are doing here in America or around the world, you can go to conduitchurch.com. Today we're joined by Adam and Stephanie Light. Adam and Stephanie are part of our Conduit family here in the Nashville area. When Adam and Stephanie were a young couple, they lost their little girl, Lindsay, during childbirth. It was an awful and tragic experience, and while they were still reeling from that and trying to make sense of it, well, they got to welcome a little boy named Jacob into the world in a time of hope. Joy had unfolded, and ten months later, the unthinkable happened when Jacob passed away while at daycare. Uh, their story is one of tragedy and loss, but amazingly, it's one of victory and of overcoming We've invited them to share their story with you here today.
1: So how do you guys feel? <laughs> That's probably the right answer. Yes, extremely uncomfortable, but uh, as I told you earlier, that tells me I'm exactly where God wants me. Yeah. I've experienced that before.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that there's an easy way or a right way or a, a simple way, but I know that the answer of, uh, of doing nothing is not the right answer, you know, to... I mean, God gave you this amazing gift. Oh. Tell me about the day he was born.
2: We had no idea what we were doing. We were new parents. Um, Jacob was actually our second baby. And um, so we felt so blessed to be able to get um, to have a second chance. We actually had Lindsay Faye, she was born at five months old. The day that we went in to find out if she was a girl or a boy, they told us that she had developed a tumor at the base of her spine and that we had to deliver within 24 hours. Um, I was so mad. So we delivered Lindsay, and um, she passed away during the delivery. Um, And I hated God. I, was, I hated him. I mean, to the point of I told God, you know what, I don't want anything to do with you. And um, if I die today, then I'll just go to hell. I mean, I was in a really bad place. And it took us three years to, have, uh, to decide to have Jacob. Adam wanted to have a baby immediately, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, and I went down a really bad road.
1: Where were you during that time, Adam? Um, I remember when we, um, when when we found out the news about Lindsey, um, just you know going into a corner and burying my face and sobbing. Um, but I think uh, oftentimes men we um, kind of suck it up yeah. as we've been told we're supposed to do and move on. Um, so I don't think I really knew what I wanted you know um, but I think I was just trying to be strong for her um,
2: well so guys just,
1: and girls handle things differently and Adam wanted to put it behind us let's move on let's have another baby um, while I wanted to talk about it every
2: second and um, does that sound familiar? <laughs> You know to a woman you grow a child in, inside of you and so it is a part of you and a man just doesn't really get that no until they see the baby so it was really different for the two of us with Lindsay.
0: so what made it what was the moment for you then to decide for you to let's try let's
2: do you want the honest truth yeah
0: absolutely <laughs>
2: The honest truth is that um, I wasn't ready to have another baby, and I really didn't want to have another baby, but I um, i don't think I've ever told Adam that, but I, I came in, and I thought I won't get pregnant immediately because it took us nine months with Lindsay, um, but it happened <laughs> the first time. Go figure. But once that happened, oh, my gosh, it changed everything. Um, And it gave me a purpose, another reason to to live. So that's how that happened.
0: So the day that Jacob was born, was it a hopeful day?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was so exciting. Yeah. We felt we had a second chance. we have been given a second chance, which now, looking back on it, looks kind of crazy.
0: What was he like?
2: Um, he looked just like Adam. He was uh, a chilled out baby, really just, he was a cool baby. I can't imagine him today what he would be like, but he was he was just a cool baby. He, everyone describes Jacob, um, our family, that he had an old spirit because he was like a little man in a baby's body. And he really brought um, Adam and I.
1: Yeah, he was really laid back, just cerebral. You know, not a lot of uh, fussing. A lot of times, what you get with little ones, you know. But he was just, just kind of like a little man. You know, that's the best way to describe it. And he, he was a ham. He was, he was a big boy too. So. We like to
2: play in boxes. <laughs>
0: So how old were you guys at this point in your lives? Were you just kids still? Because you're kids now, it seems like. I was 27 when we no.
2: had Jacob. We had Lindsay when I was 24 and then we had Jacob
0: at okay. 27. No. So he was 29. Thank you. <laughs> I keep up with the details. <laughs> so take us. This, this little guy who's an old soul and... Take us to the day that that he went to be with Jesus. What was how did that day start out? When you wake up that morning, what was that day like?
2: Um I remember everything about that day because I relived it. Um I even know what he was wearing. Um it was the normal hustle and bustle, honestly, of going to work, um trying to get him ready for the babysitter. He had been sick. The week before, with um, an upper respiratory infection, we went to the doctor. She said he's fine. Every baby gets it. It was his first illness, um, and so I stayed home with him for a week. And he was good. He was. He was. He was really good. The night before, he. Um, the night before, we took him to a Christmas party, and he had cake for the first time. He climbed the stairs for the first time that night. He did a lot of first things that night, which would have been his last night. Um, but that day it was, you know, taking him back to the babysitter and I remember pulling up at the babysitter's and it's weird, it's like you can look back and see things that happen, and you're like wow God <laughs> like that was cool, you meant for that to happen I got Jacob out of the uh, back seat in his carrier and I had no reason why but I had the urge to take him out of his, take him out of the carrier and hold. Him. And so I did, and I'm so thankful that I did that. But I held him out in the driveway and said bye to him and took him inside and I dropped him off, and he was he was okay.
0: What was your day like, Adam? Did
1: You go to work. Yeah yeah I go to work Um, I got off work four o'clock and you know part of my normal routine was just to head straight to the babysitter to pick him up Um, and upon arriving at the babysitter there is an ambulance and a fire truck and immediate response from me is oh it's you know, every, everything's cool. I mean, there's a few kids here who know somebody probably fell, got hurt, or, um, you know, but you, you kind of go into, you know, protect myself mode, so to speak. Um, so when I walked into the house, I was met by a police officer. And, you know, and as I look back, he was, he was doing his best to, you know, be strong uh, in that situation. But he, all he could tell me was that there had been a problem uh, with Jacob and that he was in the ambulance and that they were attending to him and that I needed to go to the hospital, but they weren't going to allow me to drive. So I had to, you know, call a friend to to come and pick me up, a good friend of mine. Uh, in the immediate area. Um, you want me to, to go ahead? Go ahead. After that, this was a really good friend of mine at the time that came to get me, and he too was trying to, you know, kind of hold it all together for me, and as we got a few minutes down the road, um, I had a good idea, you know, what what was going on, and I just started, you know, as men do, we're trying to be strong, I'm trying to even think of him in that situation, as weird as that sounds, but I started to just cry out, and I said, he's gone, <sighs> he's gone, and I think he knew it too, but he was telling me, no, man, no, man, um, um, so, upon arriving at the hospital, they, they told us that Jacob had passed. And I, I, I don't think there's anything more painful than you can experience than that. I don't like to compare trials, because there's no trial like yours when you're in it at that time, and that's something you learn when you've experienced something like that, um, where were you at this point? Were you guys together?
2: No, um, we weren't. I I was actually in a work meeting and um, ironically had to leave my car somewhere and uh, ride with someone else. So my friend Jan, um, I got the phone call from uh, a nurse at the hospital, and you know it was that call. And that call is, you know, your your son is being transported to the hospital. We can't give you any details, um, but you need to get here. And I just wanted to know, is, my, is he alive? And they wouldn't tell me that. Um, and I had that moment. I think Adam and I could have been in the car at the same time. Um, and I knew Jacob was gone. And... My friend Jan, I told her he's gone, and she was in the same situation as Adam Spring Jay, trying to talk me out of it. Um, but I knew, I knew, and I'll never forget when I walked in. Um, we had so much support. Um, my work, when I, when I got there and ran into the emergency room in Murray County, my work was there waiting in the lobby for me. and when I hit the doors and I saw them I knew it wasn't good and um, you know they take you in that room where they want to talk to you um, and I walked in and when the door opened I saw Adam in the floor they had him covered up with a sheet and it's that um, mislike Jacob came in and we're fifty-three, and he was not breathing. We worked, retired. You know, we worked to save him, but. We
0: couldn't. So, so how, as a parent, do you go on?
2: <clears throat> um, at that
0: time or now? <laughs> yeah, at that point. I mean, what do you?
2: Man, um, it was not good. Um, It wasn't. The story of how we got here today um, is really just a miracle. Um, You know, I went, I went into that anger mode again, and oh, I'm like, how could you do this again? Because we were told over and over and over, God, God had a reason for this, and God needed your angel in heaven, and one day you'll understand why God took him, and, you know, I said, you know what, to heck with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those are, I mean, maybe that's something that's helpful for us to hear, because you probably heard some things that were meant, people meant well, but they were awful things to say, Mm -hmm. but then there were things, what, what were things... That helped you at that point.
1: I would say the things that helped the most were when people realized that there was nothing they could say, and they simply just sat with us mm-hmm. and and listened to us. You know, tell stories about Jacob, about his life, and and they, they sat there, uh, you know, from sun up till sun down. I had a good friend of mine one time who made a a tremendous impact on my life. And I used to hang out with him and I would be talking and he would just sit there and he'd be quiet. And one day I said, would you just say something? You know, and he told me, he said, Adam, I don't have anything to say. And he told me a saying one time and he said, resist the urge to be profound. Because oftentimes when we attempt to be profound, we make complete and utter fools of ourselves. And if it's, if it's not Holy Spirit-breathed, most times it's not meaningful. Um, and I think, and please don't take me wrong, I'm, I'm I'm very honest and upfront individual. That's just the way I communicate. And I won't be up here again for a while, so, you know, you can you know, <laughs> like it or not. But oftentimes, oftentimes, as the church, we sound like fools. We, we say things that that a lost world just, they kind of laugh at. You know, and that's, through that time, we, you know, I sought God with all my heart. After I got over the anger and just survival mode, I was like, you know, I've got—you got to give me some answers here. And I don't have all the answers, but I held on to the things that were that were true, that I was sure of. And I had to come to the realization that we, just, we live in a fallen world, and there's somebody somewhere <laughs> right now who is experiencing. What we experienced, they are. And their hurt is extremely real. But for me to love the Lord the way I do today, I I couldn't pin it on Him. Or somewhere underneath all of that, I love you, God, I love you, you're a good God. I wouldn't mean it. I wouldn't mean it.
0: Somebody told me once, and it was... Some of the best advice I could have gotten, and that was in moments like that, that they're not going to remember what you say anyway. They're just going to remember you were there.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: And as a church, I think one of the many surprises of becoming a pastor was the amount of hurt and suffering and because we live in Williamson County and we all just sit around and act like it didn't happen. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't know, you know, I'm blissfully unaware and, and the realization that, uh, that there is an, a real enemy, a real Satan that goes around seeking whom he may devour, that we as church, you know, we ought to be prepared a for an attack on ourselves, but B to be there alongside of our brothers and sisters when it happens, and to be prepared in a way where we don't have to be the one that that uh, that hurts someone inadvertently. In our desire to be profound, in our desire to bumper sticker Jesus, uh, and I think that if there's any takeaway for us today, it's learning that a not to avoid it b to well let me ask you this so as the days and the months went by what was it like there what was the your friends what, what were the things that were helpful at that point or what were things that weren't helpful because he's he's in heaven now and and you know you hear the oh well he's in heaven now so you, know, you can just rejoice and i mean what what was going on during that time that
2: we, um, like I said, we had a ton of support, and the things that got us through, um, the actionable items that got us through things, um, we, had, we had people that came and cleaned our home, and um, tons of food, tons of food that helped. Um, I had uh, friends who sat with me for days that didn't leave my side, my sisters, um, going through pictures and just reminiscing and talking about Jacob, because when you lose your child, you have a strong desire um, to let the world know about that, that child. Um, and so they let me talk about it. I had a friend that um, came and said, all right, Steph, we've, we've got to go pick out a casket today. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I didn't want to get out of the bed. But she, um, she made me. She took me, and we picked out the flowers. Um, but she carried me through it. Uh, those things are really important. And I, I think people, like you said, we are scared of it. I'm scared of it to this day. You know, people in our community, Hallie Henderson, I was terrified of that, but I knew I had an obligation to reach out to that mommy. Um... I think we're scared of it. So if we would just reach out and obey God, that mom will remember it.
0: How was your healing journey? So <clears throat> I don't want to gloss over that because this is a this is it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't say I know how it feels because I, I don't. But that unimaginable you know, pain and questioning and the. How did you guys heal from it, or are you healed from it?
1: Let me, I'll I'll make mine short and sweet. Um, Mine was more so from the standpoint of, I saw the the state that Stephanie was in, so I knew I had to get somewhere really fast um, because she was really... In a life or death situation uh, from an emotional uh, standpoint, I realized that. So for me, I think I automatically went into. There were a lot of other questions surrounding, you know, Jacob's death that we, that I'm not going to bring up, but I had a lot of anger. um, And I was kind of worried about where I was going to go or who I was going to be if I kept entertaining. You know those things, so I just said, "Okay, I'm, I'm getting past it." Um, so I just kind of tried to be there for her, tried to be strong for her.
2: Um, mine was mine was miraculous. Um, you know, in those moments <clears throat> when you are at the lowest of the low. God really shows up in miraculous, supernatural ways. And he did for me, and I'm, I'm thankful today that I had those experiences. Um, like Adam said, I was in a bad place. I, I chose. Um, it, it came down to a single moment for me. I sat on the couch for weeks after Adam left um, and went back to work, and I would stare at a blank wall and... Um, And just stare at it for eight hours until Adam got home. I I didn't shower. I wouldn't eat. Um, I felt a lot of guilt that I was alive. I thought about killing myself. Um, I thought about what would be the easiest way to where it wouldn't hurt. Um, I thought about my dad um, was a Pentecostal preacher and always told me that if someone kills themselves they go to hell no matter what I remembered that and I thought well I can't do that then I won't see Jacob again so it really came down to a moment for me um, every morning I woke up and if y'all saw that movie Groundhog's Day where you, you wake up and it's the same day and you do it again and again it was like that for me because I would um, have to accept that this was real and that I had to get up and do it again Um, And then one day I just, I told God, I said, you know what, I'm not going to kill myself, but I'm not going to live. I'm just going to lay in this bed and um, until the day I die, I'll just lay here, I won't live. And um, something miraculous happened. I looked down and my legs were literally lifting me off of the bed. It was really it was cool but in a five year old bratty voice I said that's okay you can get me out of the bed I mean I was really a brat and I had these conversations just like this I said that's okay you can get me out of the bed but guess what you know like Gabe says to us today I don't care I said I will go and I will sit on that couch and I will stare at that wall until the day I die and we did that for three days that routine um for three days he lifted me off that bed and i knew what was happening he was god was carrying me Mm -hmm. and on the fourth day of that routine i walked into my living room and um, i looked at the carpet and we had a cream colored white carpet with a baby that wasn't real smart (laughs) um and god spoke to my heart and i don't i don't know why he just spoke and said um draw a line on that carpet and I did I drew a line and then he said alright I've been doing this for you for three days it's it's time you make a choice you have to choose are you gonna live or are you gonna die and I sat behind the line I was trapped (laughs) trapped behind the line I couldn't go over it and um, you know, everything went through my head. Jacob's life went through my head. Every minute of every day went through my head. And then I started thinking, you know, what would what would Jacob think about me right now? And I um, I stood up and I put one foot over the line. And the rest is history. I'm here (laughs) and I've had to make that choice a lot to step over that line it's not a one time choice
0: I know that a lot of us experience small glimpses but I think we we don't even realize that every day we get the opportunity (coughs) to choose today am I going to live for your choice was so literal. It and was. so literal that it's you know, we all have it. We just <laughs> Jesus promised a life and more abundantly, and do we choose this day whom we will serve and but you had that opportunity to I mean God to speak to you so clearly.
2: Well, you know, the gospel isn't just about getting to heaven. Yeah. The the full and complete gospel is about your life here today too in the life that Jesus died to give you today And I'm not talking prosperity I'm not, you know, in a money sense I'm not talking about that But that abundant life where you're joyful And, um, you know, you're coaching youth football and, and I'm a football mom And just being happy and that joy God, I think the devil wants to use grief And tragedy to bind us up And to get us to ball up in the fetal position to where we are not a walking, breathing uh, testimony to God's power. I mean, it happens through divorce. It happens through losing a job. It happens through losing a spouse or a parent. I see it. Um, I have friends. I have atheist friends who, um, you know, they're like, how can you love God when he did this? Because they've been taught those things. So
0: tell me about today because and I think this is a compliment if it's not you can put me in the category of a, a numbskull that said something they thought was helpful
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I didn't know this about you all we knew each other pretty well for a, a while when I mean, you shared this story Adam and Stephanie's first time to visit Conduit was the day it was uh, we had a, a young man named Matthew who's uh, Dean and Kim, who were with us this morning, and uh, we've known we knew Matthew since he was on, since he was born, and, and he passed away, and 12 years old, and and it was the year anniversary of that, the year of his home going, and I, same thing, I thought, well, we could just sit around and act like that didn't happen, or we could talk about it, and that was the first day you guys visited.
2: That <laughs> um, was, um, yeah, that was that was God ordained, yeah, right.
0: But so, and I say that the compliment hopefully is that like I didn't see it on you, like you didn't wear your grief like a like a sweater. So when I encounter you, I encounter somebody that, and it's not that you'd moved on, but that you had found a new normal. I don't know what the words are, but so but tell me about that your life today, and where 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 does Jacob fit into life today, and how does that Play out day to day, week to week.
2: Um, you know, for me, I have to remind myself um, constantly that this is temporary, and that um, we'll meet again, and that no time will have passed, and Jacob won't even know that I was separate from him. So I have to rem- I have to remind myself of that. Um, I. I have a, I don't want to say a guilt, but a strong desire to not miss out on anything with my kids. Yeah. Um...
0: Maybe it's an understanding of the importance.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy, it's, you know, I I started blogging about it and I wrote a blog a few weeks ago, um, but Gabe got in my car the other day with dirty feet, as he always does, (laughs) He leaves his mark everywhere. Um, And I have black interior, so there were footprints everywhere. And, um, you know, anybody else would wipe that off, but it's still there. And it's been two months. And I just, um, I try to hang on to everything that I can like that. Um, But Jacob is a part of, I mean, I wouldn't say we talk about Jacob every day. We don't. The boys love Jacob as if he's their big brother. Gabriel, um, Gabriel more than Matthew. Gabe is the little one. That frog right there is Jacob's. That's everywhere Gabe goes. <laughs> he takes the frog with him. Last night he asked me, uh, Mommy, do you think Jacob would be happy that I'm taking really good care of Mr. Froggy? Um, so he's a, you know, he's, a, he's a part of our life, and the boys talk about – we talk about heaven a lot. We talk about meeting Jacob a lot, and, um, you know, it's literal to them. We're going to heaven, and we're going to get to play with Jacob and Lindsay. And sometimes I feel bad because I feel like Lindsay's pushed to the back because Jacob was um, after Lindsay and really profound. So I don't want to leave her out. But, um,
1: it's really tough because kids, you know, have a lot of questions. And you feel the responsibility to answer them all. And you don't you don't know it all. You don't have it all figured out. But you also have a responsibility of teaching them about God. And who is this God that, you know, at this point in their life, um, they're, they're figuring a lot of stuff out. You know, they're looking to mom and dad. Well, why do I love this God? Why do I serve this God? Who is this God? So that is really tough, um, but it's but it's so simple. You know, guys, we don't understand, but guess what? This world that we live in, it's, it's jacked up, you know, and all of our, all of these uh, temporary tents that we're in, they're decaying every day, you know, so, you know, you can ask God about that one day, but let me tell you what I do know. You know, I do know that God loves you, and he cares for you, and he has plans for you, you know, um, Matthew. Um, about a year after Jacob passed, we were lost. We were, you know, I was going to work, just kind of. We were alive, but we weren't. We were, we were walking dead, you know. Uh, but Stephanie came to me one evening when I got home from work, and she was like, "I've got something to tell you. You need to sit down." You know, and she said, "I'm pregnant." And she didn't know how I was going to react, how I was going to take it. But you know, I was I was ecstatic. And Matthew's name means Matthew means gift from God, uh, because we we feel as though he he saved our life. And both of our kids are amazing. And Matthew, he is just all of your kids are special in your eyes, you know. Um, but they are amazing, amazing kids um, that I know God is going to use. So.
0: you know something that I felt like the Lord showed me not too many years ago was you know, Peter would say that with a day the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day you know saying that whatever dimension we step into for heaven mm-hmm. is a different time zone than we're on it's a different form, of. there is no time God invented time not because he needed to get somewhere, he just was a, a tool for us sometimes I wonder if time when it says time heals, I think that maybe that's well, that's God's, one of his tools in his arsenal mm-hmm. but if a thousand years is like a day that, that for Lindsay and Jacob both, it's just going to be a few minutes for them mm-hmm. Like there's no like they're not waiting out time like we are. And whatever that experience of how that we can't get our mind wrapped around, but that moment of when you guys are reunited for them, it'll be like they just got there and turned around and there you are. There is no waiting and wondering and and the gift for all of us to know that for any of us that lost a loved one. That they're not how could there be no tears in heaven? How could they, because they just got there when there's no time. I mean yeah. You know, let, let me ask you this question. You know, Adam said this might be the last time he <laughs> gets microphone for a while. I don't know if that's true, but what would you say to us? Like, what is that you would want to communicate if for us to to walk away from this today? I, I would venture that many in here didn't know your story, didn't know didn't know you, maybe even. So you have an opportunity to speak to us from this, it's not a story, it's your life, from your life, from Jacob's life, from Lindsay's life, from what would you say to us?
1: I would say... Um We stand, we stand in a place of victory and I think that's the best way that we can sum up the gospel uh, when Jesus defeated hell and the grave and the reason I say that is statistics say that your marriage doesn't survive what happened with Lindsay with the first child much less um, you know, what happened with Jacob. Statistics say that if your marriage does survive that, that it's, it's not a healthy marriage. And, and no marriage is perfect. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, but you come to the point to where you say, you know, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. And you say, what is my testimony going to be, you know, right here, right now in this world? Um, and as the church, we we are that testimony. Um, we've had so many opportunities to... We had a friend one day, I know I'm going off track a little bit here, but we had a friend one day called us... Um, We were having Matthew's birthday party. And a guy from our old Sunday school class who had heard our testimony, he called. And he was like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Um, My best friend in Atlanta just backed over his two-year-old daughter in the driveway and killed her. And he said, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, "There's go love on him. Go love on him. And say very little. Uh, we had the opportunity to invite them to our house uh, for dinner before I said a word. I said, Forgive us right now for anything that we might say that is just stupid or hurtful. Um, but today, they're standing in a victorious position, you know? And for me, the way I look at it, once I came to grips with that, uh, you know. God God didn't do this to me to teach me something or to make me stronger. How many times do we hear that? You know, it's ridiculous. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pin it on a fallen world and an enemy who's out to get me. So what better way can I squash him under my feet than to, we are, it's, it's unbelievable to us sometimes, but we're really, we are happy. It's true happiness. We're in, you know, we let our, our boys run around the neighborhood and be boys. You know, we're not living in fear of what's coming next. So, and the Laracas, you know, we've had a chance to meet them. And I know every day is, is hard for them. But when I see their family, I see a family that's, the world can't explain it. They're still happy. They're still living life. They, they love one another. And so they're victorious. But, you know, you just can't explain that. And that's what the world is looking for. Something they want evidence of this Jesus that we speak of. You know? And when you go through something like, like they went through or like what we've experienced, and people spend time with you and they say, wow they're living life you know how do, how do you do that you, can, you can't <laughs> on your own there's this scripture
0: that's used to bolster apologetics and it, I, it's, it's fine to use it in this way I suppose but it's not in the context it was meant and it was when Peter said hey when someone gives asks you for this hope that you have the proof of this hope be ready to give an answer for the hope and Sure, that works for apologetics, but that's not the context of what he was saying. It were, you, they were being beaten and imprisoned and tortured, and uh, and he was saying that as you are overcoming and becoming victorious in these horrible situations, people are going to want to know why. Mm-hmm. You know, when he says, "Be ready when someone asks you that," it presupposes that somebody asks you that, and it supposes that there's something that's in your life that is so compelling to ask about, and you know, I've seen that over and over again. I see it in you guys, you know, as you're sitting here this morning ready to give us an answer for the hope, you know, mm-hmm. that is in you. You know, the Bible doesn't say that we don't weep. It just says we don't weep as those who have no hope. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say that death so not dying isn't defeating death. You can cheat death. You can skip death. You can, but every single one of us—that's that's an option. And, and, and unless the Lord returns, we're all we're all appointed for that. So not dying isn't defeating death. Resurrection is defeating death mm-hmm. because it's we were dead and now we are alive again. And that's why we could say with with Matt, he didn't lose; he wins. Mm-hmm. Holy cow!
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe the reason Jesus wept at Lazarus's tomb wasn't because Lazarus was dead, but because he knew he was bringing him back. Mm. (coughs) He knew what he was leaving because Jesus had been there.
2: Um, At Jacob's funeral, we played um, I Can Only Imagine. And um, God showed me a picture of Jacob crawling away from me I was saying, Jacob, Jacob, come back. And he turned around and gave me that big smile that he did and looked both ways. He looked at me, he looked back, um, and he just took off crawling as fast as he could away from me. And I will never forget that image. Um, And I think about that today. I'm in a really good place to where I don't want to bring Jacob back. Mm. I, I now... Um, can appreciate where he's at um, and that he's better than we are and he doesn't have to experience the world that we're living in today and what's going to be happening in the future um, he's he's saved i don't have to worry about his salvation ever yeah. making that choice for himself um, he wouldn't want to come back he wouldn't
0: i didn't plan on this but let me ask you this if anybody in you if you're not comfortable don't feel like you have to, but if you've lost a child, whether birth, like Lindsay, or Jacob, would you stand up where you are?
2: Wow. Hmm.
0: Actually, would you remain standing, and would you, uh, In fact, would you come down here? How about that? We said it was a wing at Sunday, remember? <laughs> I'm Matt's mama.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt's mommy. Mm. Hmm.
0: Adam, would you, would you mind praying for these families?
1: Heavenly Father I thank you that you represent hope when it seems as though all hope is lost and that you are fully capable of healing all of our wounds dear Lord although sometimes we're in a position where we we don't want to be healed because we, we know that it means that that we're moving on and we're scared, scared of what that holds, dear Lord, or that we that we might disrespect the memory of that that loved one. But I thank you, dear Lord, that that no matter where we are that your love for us never changes and that you wait patiently for us, dear Lord. And I thank you through what we've been through, dear Lord, that you gave us a true a true picture of who you are. And you also give us the courage to share that with others, dear Lord. We don't have to, to clear your name. Dear Lord, um, because you stand alone and who you are um, is known, but might we have the courage, dear Lord, to uh, go against the grain, as it is oftentimes in a a church world, and and represent you the way that we should, dear Lord, with our words or with our actions. I thank you so much, dear Lord. I thank you for this church and just the the love uh, that flows through here dear Lord it's genuine and you can see it you can feel it but I just pray today dear Lord that if there is someone here who is alive but they're really not alive dear Lord I pray that they live again Amen mm-hmm. I pray that they live again. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Would you give them a hand?